Hey, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everyone still listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single month without fail. (laughs) We never miss a month. It's just been busy. Yeah. It's just been hecka busy. Look, So, as I've said before, and I don't care about who's listening, we do this shit for free. Yeah. So we have, we have to fit it in our schedules. Yeah. Quite frankly, what it is is, I, I mean, I do this shit for fun, actually. Yeah. And like, it just got to be not fun for a little bit because there was just too much other stuff that I was dealing with and that happens. So <laughs> hopefully it'll be fun again. This might stay in the show. We'll decide right now or not. But I'm going to have to tell one of my stories again because I like the story. That's fine. And I, should, I feel we should acknowledge that you've heard the story on the show. I don't think you should okay. do kind of fake laughter or anything. We had a, we had technical difficulties on the last episode we recorded that you guys didn't get to hear. Yeah. And I had told this story to Mike and... Oh, yeah. We got through quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I got You got through that whole story. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's fine. But, Joey, first, I want to listen to this. Yeah. Um, I have a weird catching up update. This um, is a nice addition to a story that I've told in the past that I'll give a quick summary of for anybody who's new uh, listening to this. By the way, if you are new, you should leave an iTunes review. That will help other people find our show. So in iTunes, just kind of leave a quick review there. Uh, or but- any host that does have a really – maybe there's another host in the show who has a terrible memory. You should give uh-huh. a recap of that for that too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, what's funny is I've been having memory issues the past month. So I started – thinking that you were talking about me <laughs> no. which only plays into the memory issues because i was like wait why does he know i have memory issues um joey <laughs> um a few weeks ago maybe even a month ago or more i don't know i talked about a guy who i had chatted with on grinder we eventually met up but it wasn't like romantic it was like my whole house was going to the bar and i was like hey i kind of in my head was like, he needs friends. So I was like, why don't you meet up at the bar with us and you can meet my whole house, whatever, right? Do you remember this story? Uh, keep going. And so on the bus, um, I see him every once in a while. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Very randomly, he just like snubbed me, but like Mike. <laughs> intentionally snubbed me. What? Yeah. <laughs> Do not tell me that that was part of this that episode that we didn't put out. No, 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 no. It's not. Oh, okay. But it's literally the last episode. So anyone oh, who's like catching up on old episodes, <laughs> like let's say someone goes back in months and listens to this, will be like, what is he talking about? It's just been like, <laughs> how does he not remember this? Oh, it's been like a month since we yeah. recorded that episode. It's been a while. Um, and also, as I told you a few minutes ago, I think I've been having these weird memory issues. So um, anyway... He snubbed me. That was kind of the story. It was like, it was a bizarre snub, like made like awkward eye contact for a millisecond and then looked away and like turned his nose up. Yeah. And you kind of were like, well, he kind of sounds like a crazy person. He had social anxiety when we met up, you know, years ago um, with that uh, at the, the bar. And he was also raised by a religious cult. And that's probably kind of scarring. <laughs> I think that's, that's the not, part you just—that's the part yeah. you brush over. And he's really bad religious cult. And I don't know what it, why he did that. I don't know why he's and weird. The, the religious cult part sounds like a, a nice kind of bookend that would be a made-up joke, but it's a hundred percent true. And so that was kind of that. There was, however, 
a moment where I was again waiting uh, at the bus stop right by my house, getting ready to go to work, and he comes walking toward me. And because of the bus snub, I just don't acknowledge him, but I like stare at him the whole time because mm-hmm. I want to watch him like ignore me. Something's weird about this, right? And he intentionally ignores me. Still, well, the bus stop ignores you. This is a different day, but yes. Oh yeah. Okay. And I don't. I don't know if it was intentional. Um, I I should just say like he he did not look at me at all like from you know twenty feet away he's looking at the other side of the street and he continues to look at the other side of the street the whole time as he passes me. Mm-hmm. So that was that. That's kind of I would say the end of the story. But then Joey, yeah. Oh, kind of previous uh, characters on the show, friends of the show, not really friends of the show though. But uh, wait, uh, I don't know if you've ever said his partner's name, but Daniel who is a friend of mine, and mm-hmm. his partner, Wayne, got engaged this past weekend. So oh, wow. that was exciting, yeah. And they had a party at their house Saturday night to kind of celebrate, and Steve and I go to the party. Steve is my boyfriend, if anybody listening to this doesn't know that. Um, so we go to the party, and we're having a good time. And Joey, while I'm at the party, there is a man there named Jan, who is super nice, and actually really friendly and um just nice and i believe this is my shitty memory again i believe jan was part of the story that i told you about um i guess in the last episode where i talked about how um his um I don't, Micah's roommate, I guess I used names. Micah's roommate, the kind of weird guy that snubbed me, his roommate is a friend who's been in my house and like I see him at parties and stuff. So the roommate sees me, mm-hmm. Jan. Yeah. And he was like, hey, um, I have a story for you. And he tells me that late one night he comes home from the bar or something. And when he comes into his house, there are clothes all over the living room, like two what? pairs of jeans and two shirts, right? Mm-hmm. And his roommate is having sex in yeah. his bedroom, in the bedroom, okay. in the roommate's bedroom, which, I mean, whatever, we're red-blooded men, and I don't know. that I don't know if that was out of the ordinary. He didn't really say. But anyway, he's having sex in his room. So the sex ends. He can hear somebody kind of uh, getting his stuff together, and he could hear that person leaving. And it was you. Because so- <laughs> you have memory problems. <laughs> So, so that would be so funny. The um, it kind of fits into the end of the story because um, uh, Jan goes into the living room. And he's like, "Hey, I heard you had a, a gentleman caller." Uh, and Micah, the weird one that snubbed me, Micah says, "Yeah, but uh, what's weird about it is it's actually somebody who lives in Mike's house." <gasps> so, <laughs> well, it can only be one of three people. Well, I mean, Grandma lives here, too. There's oh, could be an 85-year-old Chinese woman. Don't ever rule out the baby. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the mystery. Jan doesn't know which one it was. Okay? So I'm like, when I when he tells me this story, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, clearly that's Mario. I mean, the other two are in a, a relationship. They have a baby. They certainly fool around here and there with thirds, but the the rule is usually they're supposed to do it together. So that must be Mario. But then, Joey, I start thinking this Micah character is not um, 100% Caucasian. I don't I don't actually know his race, but it's certainly not Caucasian. There's mm-hmm. something there. 
And I also know that Mario's kind of a racist and like wouldn't even like start chatting with him on Grinder or something. Very good point. So that makes that kind of rules Mario out in my fav- in my opinion. I don't know, but I don't know which of my roommates had sex with this guy, and I don't know if I actually care. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't care enough to like ask Mario. You know. Well, Alex. Well, okay, Alex and so, Ricardo. Go ahead. What's funny is Alex is the last one that I would say that it would be, just because Alex is kind of like. The only kind of fooling around has that I know of has been with his partner there. I don't know, though. I don't know. I'm totally perplexed. But I also, like, sort of really don't want to care. It's just such a juicy gossip But do you think story. that's why Micah's ignoring you? Yeah. So then I started thinking, like, what if this is not the first time? This is, like, maybe, maybe they're, like, fuck buddies. And he... Maybe even the my roommate said, I don't want this to get back to Mike. Maybe. Well, especially if he's trying to keep it from the other husband. His partner, yeah. Do they what do they call but each other? What, nothing. Oh. <laughs> I don't I don't I guess Rick, Alex would call him his husband. They're not married though. Like oh, they're officially not? married. No. But Alex would call him his husband. I've heard that a few times. Now why do you think they're not officially married? I mean, they have a house, they have a baby. They, I mean, I, I just don't think they care. They also know. just um, inseminated a bunch of eggs down in LA last weekend. So they're working on another. Oh, they baby. want another baby. Yeah. Oh, you better, get, you better get the fuck out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, anyway, so then I, that story just makes me think that that probably explains the snub, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I also kind of just don't care. But I so I just want the juicy gossip, but I, I don't want it enough to like make anyone think that it matters because it really doesn't matter. I don't know. Hmm. So that's happening. The mystery continues. Yeah. Um, what's up with you? Anything going on? Yeah, Mike Lawson. <laughs> get this. You know, let me tell this short story first and then I'll get into the story I told last time. Um, last week, um, I just had this itch to like really cook. So the kitchen I have here in my place is really tiny mm-hmm. and I like to cook, but I like, I need a lot of room when I cook, you know, I'm like one of these, like, uh, you know, tornadoes in the kitchen. Right. It, it just doesn't work with like a, a kitchen the size of like in, like you would find in like a mobile home. Right. And so I tell Mercedes, my friend, listen, I'm in a real cooking kind of mood. Uh, what say we have dinner together? I'll make dinner at your house. And she's like, of course, she loves that idea, right? Sure. And they're also, it, it, it's very tough to cook for Chris and Mercedes because they are the world's pickiest eaters. I swear to God. So, like, with Mercedes, it can't have any spice whatsoever, okay? Which makes it tough because they like to eat heavily vegetarian if not vegan they'll have protein but it can be in in terms of meat but it has to be like fish or um yeah so it's it's very limited right but the thing what i've noticed in cooking a lot of vegan or vegetarian is in order to make up for the inherent lack of flavor of a lot of vegetables what they do in a very delicious way is make it spicy 
Sure. Not necessarily like, oh, spicy, but Mercedes is very sensitive to it. Like, whatever you think being a baby in terms of spices, go down even further. Like, she she might think ketchup's too spicy. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm, I'm not that unsimilar. Oh, like, I'm really? I kind of like that. Yeah. But the thing is, is I really love spicy. No, 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 so no. She it's, hates it's not it. Like, it's not like I don't like it. I just, it hurts. So I take it easy on things. I sweat a lot. Sometimes no. even like soup pho will get me like too much. It's too spicy. She like hates it. it hates yeah. it. And whatever. So I have this book and it has a bunch of recipes that work well. There's this delicious salmon that you cook on a bed of salt. Malt check. Okay. There was this wild rice salad that was really good. Check. There was this uh, arugula, no, no, a radicchio salad with manchego cheese. Check. And then finally, there was this one dish that looked so weird and so gross that I'm like, it has to be good because it's so bizarre looking and gross looking. Yeah. And it's called, and you may want to try it actually after I tell you about it, called Broccoli Cooked Forever. Okay. okay. And it's literally broccoli. That you, cooked forever. That you blanch and then you you put it in this uh, pan full of olive oil with like anchovies and garlic. Uh huh. Anchovies lost me, but I can. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, you don't have to put yeah. the anchovies. You can put it with just garlic. You know. Yeah. And uh, and then you literally just co- you literally cook the book broccoli in the olive oil for like three hours. Like on the stovetop. On the, the stovetop, but very, 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 very like the lowest it could possibly go. Okay. okay. With a lid on it? Yep, with a lid on it. Okay. And it essentially cooks down to, like, baby food. Okay. Okay. And they're like, no, just, we know it's weird, just go with it, right? Just go with it. So, it finishes, and I forget that the kids are going to eat, too, right? So, the kids are into everything. They're into the salmon. They're into the rice salad. They don't eat the salad. The rice salad, but not the rice. I mean, the, the not the radicchio salad. And now, Mercedes and Chris, on the middle kid oh, I don't want to say his name on the middle kid's plate they put a, a like a spoonful on his plate and they're like you have to but and so the prize is if you want to eat the pasta you have to eat the broccoli okay, okay? and here I've, I've slaved for hours over this food and by the way for the record broccoli cook forever it's pretty I don't know if I'd cook it again but it was fine okay, okay. I don't know if it's worth the it, lo- it, does, it looks like vile baby food yeah it's delicious. I'd probably spread it on toast, you know. Sure. But it looked like b- vile baby food. I could, I could see. And no, I don't want to eat it. And then she's like, "You have the kid is like, I don't want to eat it." All right. And she goes like, "Kid, you have to eat this." And then, and Chris is like, "Yes, kid, you have. If you want the pasta, you have to eat." And they're being firm. Like, yeah. Joe cooked, worked really hard on this food. You have to eat this broccoli. They're like, just take a bite. Take a bite of the broccoli, and then you can have the pasta. And you're like, no, yeah. no. They're like, okay, well, there's no dinner for you, right? And fi- that's going back and forth. Finally, like, oh, he's like, they can't breathe. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'll take a bite. So Mercedes, so Mercedes and Chris getting ready. Chris is like rubbing his back. The kid has to close his eye. Mike, I've made this food. Mercedes, like he, the kid's like, like eyes closed, Mercedes has to put a spoonful in his mouth, and then she's holding a rag next to him because he's like, <laughs> like, like gagging. I she's feel like, like I was this kind of kid. 
yeah, Mike. And then they're like, you can do it. You can do it, kid. You can do it, right? Uh-huh. And then he gets it down, and he's like, <sighs> I'm like, oh, yay, you got it down. And he got to have the pasta. And I was like, that is like literally... And I'm just sitting there, the guy who cooked the broccoli cooked forever, <laughs> watching a kid gag, gag, Mike, gag, screaming yeah. that he didn't want to try this food. And if the gagging um, isn't enough, it probably helps you get your own broccoli down, right? Like it adds to the atmosphere so much that you enjoy it more. Well, especially when you watch, it looks, Mike, it looks like Kermit vomit. Vomit. Yeah. It looks like Kermit. I could see why. I, I actually get it. I'm all like, I, guys, I get it why he doesn't want it. Don't make him eat it. Right. I get it. Yeah. It's definitely a food an adult would have to look passing on. Like, it looks gross, but okay. Right. And maybe that was their intention was like, once he gets one bite in, he'll be like. And that's oh, true. Once he, once he got it in, he was like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was fine. Okay. So a month ago, Mike Lawson, I was driving with friend of the show, Patrick Keene. Yeah. Okay. And we're driving and uh, we're going to go to lunch. I said, I'll pick you up. We'll go to lunch. And we're driving to lunch and we get to a stop sign. And ju- and, and by the way, Patrick, King, worst person to pick up on the, like, he's talking to me, but he's also, he's one of the people who like checks his phone as he's talking to you. He's paying, it's strange. He's paying attention, but he's also looking at his phone when he talks to you. Yeah. We get to the stop sign, car takes off, I, I, I hit the gas, and as the car is accelerating, I hear, boing! Uh-huh. And I'm like, did you hear that? The, the He's like, what? I go, did you hear that? My car made this horrible sound. I go, and he goes, I don't know. And so we go to, we're getting bagels. Yeah. And the whole time, I'm Googling car, because I'm a gay man who knows nothing about cars. Like, car noise, boing. Right, and the only thing I'm coming up with this is, is why the car talk show was so popular. I know. People, this would have been a perfect question for them. I would have to call in to click and clack to ask about this. Yeah. So I and er, what comes back is like, oh, it sounds like it's your suspension. And for my car, I look it up and it's like, oh, that's between like two and five thousand uh, dollars. And I was like, if it's if it's any it's any of these. Driving off a cliff. Oh, yeah. Lighting the car on fire and driving to Mexico and just leaving it by the border and just lighting it on fire and leaving. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. And There's so many easier ways to get to the car. But <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. So, I, so you know, the only mechanic I trust is one that he lives on my parents' street and his shop is by my parents' house. So I drop uh, Pat Keen off and I go, I got to go to my parents' house, you know, like an hour's drive away. So I do that, and I drive over there, and uh, I said, you know, I need an oil change anyway. So I tell him, look, I need an oil change, and then I, I, I take a look. My car just, I was driving, and I, and I accelerated, went boing, and he goes, cars don't do that. And I go, my car just did it. Okay, I was there. Cars don't do, and he goes, yeah, they did, they did. He goes, like, all right, well, I'll drive it around, I'll check it out. I go, okay. He goes, if it's just an oil change, though, it'll be done in half an hour. Well, my grandma lives, I'm not even joking, walking distance from the mechanic. So my mom and I walk over to my grandma's house, and we hang out with her for half an hour. Half hour later, I call, and I say, what's, what's the update? I'm, I'm bracing for the $2,000. Yeah. And he goes, oh, you can go pick up the car. It's ready. Okay. Go, okay, well, I don't want to tempt fate. So we walk back over to the mechanic, and he's like, I go, yeah, he's like, it's, you know, 40 bucks or whatever it is for an oil change. <laughs> and I go, what happened? To the, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with your car. No, nope, completely oh. fine. 
He goes like okay. there's a timing belt thing that you might need in like fifty thousand miles, but as as far as right now, yeah, it's fine. And I go okay, all right. So I drive back, and for some reason in my head, Pat Keen was just as worried about my car as I was. Me, he probably hadn't thought more than three seconds about it. So I call him. He I, didn't know you left. Yeah, he goes like, "Oh, you're not here." I go. He goes, "Hello," and I go, "Hey, uh, good news." Uh, nothing wrong with the car. I don't know what that noise was. He goes, well, what, what did you hear? And I go, yeah, yeah I go, uh, well, I was right. We were there. I don't know how you didn't hear it. We, we were stop sign. I accelerate and the car went boing. And he went like, what? Do it again. I go, but you like, that's my text message notification. Joe. <laughs> Mike, how did I fall for it? And then I, you know, I told this story that I had the Mercedes and, uh-huh. um, by the way, <laughs> But, uh, You're like, hey, Mr. Mechanic, my car keeps going. By the way, I'm the worst <laughs> fucking friend ever. Okay, months ago, I don't know if I told this in the show. Months ago, I was driving around, couldn't talk on the phone, and friend of the show, Sweet Michael, calls, and I go, oh, I can't talk to him right now. I just decline it. Right? Horrible yeah. traffic. Hour later, so I call him and I go, uh, listen, I go. Uh, I don't know why you want to move to this Los Angeles. I had the worst fucking day ever. The traffic was horrible. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And he goes, couldn't get any worse. Couldn't get any worse. He goes, my mom died. And I go, ugh. Same thing with this. I'm at the... I'm at the mechanic getting. I'm just I'm gotten sorry, to the mechanic. Sweet Michael, I know you listen sometimes, so I'm sorry your mom passed. <laughs> I I get to the my, meanwhile. I've said nothing. Um, I get to the mechanic, and um. I'm, I'm walking up and Mercedes calls me. And I go, ugh, I'm at the mechanic. Day can't get, get any worse. Any worse. <laughs> Heard a boing, right? She uh-huh. goes, oh no. Joe, my grandma died. Uh, I'm like, ugh, I gotta stop telling people that my day's horrible. Yeah, don't use the term couldn't get any worse. <laughs> can it get any worse? I wouldn't wish this day on anyone. I had to drive to Chino. Yeah. <laughs> there was um one of my favorite shows... And this is a TV review podcast, so I'm going to drop this in here. There's yeah. a show called Bad Sex that was on Logo for a while. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with this, Joey? Uh, I lived it, or anyone who's dated me has. Yeah. <laughs> in more ways than one, because it's actually a, like group therapy. And the way they do it is each episode is one of 12 people in the group therapy and you oh. learn the, you learn their story beginning to end, and each of them have like a sexual problem they're dealing with. A lot of sex addicts, or some people that are like afraid of sex, or you know, fifty year old virgins, or whatever. But the whole season is just that same twelve people. How so did the show not them. work? It works so well. Oh, it's still on. Oh wait, what'd you say? Is it still on? I don't think so. There's <sighs> two seasons available on Amazon. Prime? Uh, Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime, I can watch it? Ch- check and see. I'm not sure. Right. Uh, most recently, I bought season two on <laughs> iTunes, you hear so. why the headphones go down? Them. Yeah. <laughs> you hear the Wait, show start in the background? It doesn't hurt that the therapist is kind of sexy, too. Okay. Maybe nine times out of ten, he's sexy. But then there's always this one shot where he's, like, not. Um, but anyway, it's an interesting show. And the reason I brought it up is... One of the episodes, there was a girl, spoiler alert, who was raped during the kind of ep- season. Um, no, and it, the rape kind of had a lot to do with kind of the risky sex that she was putting herself into. And not that she deserved it in any way, but like the, some of the stuff she was doing kind of were like 
the therapist could have told her like rape is coming like yeah let's let's kind of change some behaviors because you're doing really risky things so anyway that happened and when she revealed it to the group everyone's kind of reacts how they should react except for there's one guy who's like just so narcissistic and he started his kind of uh summary of his week by telling them that he had the worst week ever and it was because his internet went down and he's like addicted to porn (laughs) (laughs) well mike go ahead so he had to end up he called he ended up like purchasing porn over the cable box or whatever and it cost hundreds of dollars (laughs) that's all mike but it reminded me of your story of well there's a story i don't know if i've ever told this in the show it's one of those like uh legendary stories I, I i've told it so many times in private that it's almost memorized uh-huh. but i don't have ever told it on the show when i was in group therapy and uh it, it was when i had moved i was moving from one place in newport to another but it was the first time i ever moved i when i moved into this place in newport i moved in as i essentially would say like a child i guess I don't know. But, like, over the years that I lived there, acquired a life. I was used to, like, in college, you would, like, you know, when you had to move, you could be out of your dorm room in, like, yeah. two hours, you know? Yeah, just put it all in the laundry hamper. Yeah, and then, and which, by the way, it's how I'm living now, by the way. I could easily be <laughs> out of here in three hours. But, um, come subletting a place. All their shit is here. But anyway, uh, but... But when I lived in this place, I acquired a life. I acquired furniture and and forks and knives and spoons. And I just didn't know how long that would take to pack. And so, like, it's, like, three days, two days before I have to move out. And, like, that's when I finally go, I'll get around to packing. Oh, my God. I remember I had to be out by a Monday. And Friday night was when I started. Mm -hmm. And I remember at some point during the weekend, I just, like, collapsed into tears like all my shit that i owned was in a pile in the in the middle of the living room yeah and i was too much and i was it's too much it was overwhelming and i was like i part of me speaking of burning things i just wanted to burn everything and move to mexico you know and i was i got it done i was out by monday i had i was up for hours and hours i don't think i slept i go thank god i have group therapy tonight because this is awful. So I, I yeah, you know, I, I'm gonna unload on that. I'm gonna unload. So I go into group therapy, yeah. and you know, but the way the group therapy worked is you would they would go around the room. You had to say your name, and your emotion, and your high point and low point for the week. And they get to me, and I go, you know, my name's Joe, and uh, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Uh, I had the worst weekend <laughs> of my life, and couldn't have got any couldn't worse. have got any worse. <laughs> I uh, had to move and. And I, I didn't, I didn't pack correctly, and 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 I just didn't anticipate it, and it just, it's, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my entire. Life. I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Anyway, we'll talk about this in group therapy next, you know. Yeah. And the next guy who goes, he's new, he looks like Santa Claus, okay. and he goes, uh, okay, my name's Chuck, uh, my first time here, and. Um, it's very hard for me to be here today. Um, I just lost my partner who died of AIDS. And uh, I have AIDS. And now, you know, we have our families re- rejected us. And now there's no one. I took care of him. I held him while he was dying. 
Yeah, but has he ever tried to bubble wrap individual <laughs> plates? Yeah, I should interrupt it. Like, excuse me, <laughs> have you tried to pack all the different kinds of pencils you had in co- correct color order? So anyway, he goes, and we used to be Santa Clauses together. Oh, <gasps> yeah, and now he like gone. as a sex thing. Or no, no, like... that's what they did for a living. So he goes, what we would do is Aww. we would make our money for the year. We owned a little cottage in Laguna Beach, and you know we would we would work. We were retired, so we would just work the last you know two months of the year, and that would take it easy. We would take it easy the rest of the year on that money, and now he's gone, and I don't know what I'm gonna do for money, and now I'm getting sick, and who's gonna take care of me? And I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm starting to realize that. You know, I've lost the love of my life, and my own life is coming to an end. So, anyway, Joe, if you need help moving. <laughs> I got a truck. Yeah, I got a truck you can borrow. And I felt so uh. small and so little at that yeah. moment. So, I don't know why I haven't learned that lesson. Is that one thing that happens in group therapy a lot? It kind of puts your problems in perspective because there's... I mean, somebody has to have the, have it the worst, though. Like, how does it work for that guy? Well, that's you know? What, you know when I first started going to group therapy, actually, it was a problem. There was actually I would go and I and I wouldn't share. Believe it or not, sure. I actually learned a lot in group therapy. I wouldn't share. I would just sit there. And I think it must have come out that I was a comedian. And one day I walked in. I was like, do 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 do. I walked in, and at some I don't remember what happened. At some point, group therapy, someone freaked the fuck out on me. And the whole group turned on me and started yelling at me that I didn't share anything when I went to group therapy. All I did was tell jokes. Which is probably true. No, no, it's completely true. And they were like, we feel like you're coming in here and just getting material and that you don't share anything about your life. And and that went on for two weeks in a row where they just yelled at me. And I completely changed. I be, I started to share things. And one of the things I learned was that by sharing your story, not only did you help yourself, but you also helped the person. And, and again, when I was going through the breakup a year ago, that was, I loved, maybe because of the group therapy, I loved it when people called me and told me their own personal breakup stories. Because it made sure. me feel not so alone. And I think that's one of the values of uh, group therapy. I wish we knew someone who ran group therapy. <laughs> but I do think also like there's value in like there's some sort of if I'm at a point where there's very little self-worth mm-hmm. going into a place and kind of talking somebody through their problems help, gives me some some exactly and usefulness. No, and that's really healthy, too. So just recently. So here's actually some show news. Uh, this happened while we were on our um, hiatus. Hiatus number totally two. Totally planned. Totally planned hiatus. Yeah, we had planned hiatus. We were gone for a month. We did one show, <laughs> and then we were gone for another month. I was like, I need a break. I know. It's like Anderson Cooper. Um, so, uh, M- sweet Michael and Noah broke up. So I was. Oh my God, pl- and his mom just passed. Is that like was the timing very? Close? We'll we'll talk off the air. So. I was talking to both of them, and I realized, especially talking to Noah, actually, I, I really, as much as I'm on, as my, i got to find the right word to say this, Michael is my friend. I've known Michael the longest. Yeah. Okay. So, and there's no divorce or winning someone in a divorce, and I, and I have to be careful because, you know, I won sweet Michael in the Cameron divorce. Like, sweet Michael doesn't really talk to Cameron, but he talks to me. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen here, but... I've just known Sweet Michael longer. 
Okay. Sure. And I, I think the way you're phrasing all of this is very like housewives of wherever plot points where I don't really think like it's not like conscious choices. I think you, you know, grow closer to people and further away from others and whatever. And that's what happened with, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he had to sit down in front of a a rose and write down someone's name and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. No, reveal no. it or anything. Yeah. He just has grown closer to you and that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. But with Noah though, in talking to Noah and Noah's shared his emotions with me, I've related more to Noah. Because oh, interesting. Yeah. It's so, closer to kind of your personal experience. Yeah. Noah, what Noah is going through and the things he says, I've felt before. And it's funny is I think it was really good for me. And I mean, I was helping him, but it was good for me too, because it helped me crystallize in using somebody else. I think this is what you're saying. In using someone else almost as like a um a cipher, I was able to work through my own shit. Because I was I was essentially not only giving him advice, but me advice as well. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Um, any, what, what else is going on with you, Mike Lawson? Well, Joey, um, Steve and I are not like Christmas present-y kind of Valentine's Day people. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we wanted to kind of recognize Valentine's Day and like celebrate our love and all of that. But on Valentine's Day, we actually just watched a TV and – um, order takeout uh-huh. but uh, we thought let's do something the weekend after Valentine's Day was this, which was this past weekend yeah um, in, if for the, those of you that are joining us in real time not those of you listening to this as a podcast but um, we decided we wanted to go kind of like road trippy or like somewhere close like a day trip um, and, but what was weird is I started like looking into different possibilities and there was like sonoma and wine tasting and um we've done like monterey a few times we've done a lot of the kind of day trip stuff santa cruz we've done so i propose that we did that we do six flags there's a six flags theme park up here and what was weird is when i proposed i was like i don't know if he'll be into this but i actually think it would be fun like when's the last time i went and did roller coasters like that now i don't know steve but if yeah. I had to guess, what, from what you told me about his taste in movies, that he would like this very much. Oh, good, good. And he did. He was super excited about it, which surprised me because we didn't really talk much about roller coasters. And I I feel like I knew he is, like, okay with them, but I didn't know, like, the extent. Some people are cool with roller coasters, but, like, too extreme is... You know, there's there's a limit to how extreme they can get, and other people have no limit, and they're open to whatever. So we went. We actually matched up really well. Like, everything there we enjoyed. But when we got there, so it's in Vallejo, which is, like, an hour north of me. And um, we were kind of worried because this was this past weekend where that big storm was hitting California. Yeah. So Friday it rained all day, and Sunday it rained all day. But luckily Saturday it was fine. We just really lucked out. And when we got there, there was this weird promotion where when you buy a ticket, they let you come for an an, an entire year almost. We have until September. So, oh, not quite a year, but. Mm-hmm. Like six months. We, we basically bought like a, a pass for the rest of 2017 almost. And it was the same price as a ticket. So we get to go back. But what was weird is we go into the park. 
we have our fun we go on every ride the rides we like we go on you know two or three times because there was nobody there we didn't wait in a single line oh we waited in one line for this new roller coaster that has like virtual reality headsets so you get on the roller coaster and you put on the vir- the virtual reality things mm-hmm. and that had a long line because it was new and also like it was clunky and the worker, the pe- the employees there did had no idea what they were doing. It yeah. was obvious and it was just a pain in the ass. But anyway, we had fun. We did everything. We got out of there by like five. We were there, you know, for a good part of the day, but we were done. And, um, oh, we actually went to dinner. Also, one of our Valentine's things was we both got to pick our kind of like guilty pleasure chain restaurant for dinner. Mm-hmm. So on Friday, we went to Red Robin, which was my choice. All right. Are you a fan of the Red Robin? I'm not not a fan. Okay. I, I'd say it's the number one on my list, but I haven't been there, huh. I think, since I lived in Garden Grove. That's a good question. The number one, like, shitty chain restaurant? Because I, I yeah. would actually made there's a really nice chain restaurant I really like, but number one shitty chain restaurant. Hmm. So Steve on Saturday he picked um, uh, Chili's, which I haven't been to a Chili's in even longer than yeah, Red Robin. I haven't been to really Chili's in a very long time. And so we had our little like shitty chain dinners and everything. It was good. And then Saturday we went to after uh, Six Flags we went to Daniel's party because he just got engaged, which I told you about in my other story, and. Um, when we're there, I tell Daniel and Wayne, well, first of all, hey, we went to uh, Red Robin and Chili's because that was one thing we did for Valentine's Day. And they, what's funny is where we live in Berkeley and Oakland here, mm-hmm. there's like, – I would say this is conscious, but there's not a lot of chain restaurants. You'll get maybe like a McDonald's or a Jack in the Box, but I feel like anything kind of better than that is – not a chain. We do have a Denny's, I guess. But there's not a lot of like that kind of thing anywhere near us. Mm-hmm. So to get there, we drive all the way to Concord, which is, I don't know, 30 minutes away. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not like we're doing it every day. So when I tell Daniel and Wayne, they crack up because they almost monthly will drive all the way to Concord because they go to Red Robin. So we now have a double date plan for that, which will be fun. But... Um, even funnier is they were uh, telling one another that they wanted to go to Six Flags really soon. Mm-hmm. And when we got our annual passes, they took our name and our email and everything, but there's no photo on the card. So Steve was like, why, why don't we just give you our cards and you guys could use them? Oh, all right. Right? Mm-hmm. But then as I started thinking about this, I'm like, Six Flags is not that stupid. They they might be stupid, but they already gave me for the same price the rest of the year. Why are they going to make me make that easy for me to then just give to somebody else? Yeah. So I I took the card out and I read it and I for, they actually took our, our fingerprints. Oh, they did? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I remember it now that I read it on the card, but they scanned our fingerprint as they scanned our card. So you have to do that as you scan the card, and there's a fingerprint attached. So I wonder what would have happened if we gave them our passes and they got they would have canceled it. Cut. You don't co- you you can't come in. Yeah, away. they arrest them. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but anyway, that was a good Valentine's Day weekend. I also got Steve like a a fruit bowl for his new apartment. He wanted a big fruit bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and ca- K-Pods. Oh, he got I thought a, you were saying I'm like, whoa. <laughs> coffee? Yeah. He got a, a Keurig machine at his housewarming uh, party. Mm-hmm. So I bought him a bunch of K-Cups or whatever they're called to go in the Keurig machine. Oh, look at time. you with your fancy things you're doing for your boyfriend. How does he like his Keurig machine? You know what? He likes it a lot. He... What's weird, he would have never bought it himself. Like, it's something he wasn't interested in it, mm-hmm. in at all. And then he was gifted it, and now he's, like, in love with it and enjoys it. So, How do you like his new place? Uh, I like it a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he has bed as shit, and I have trouble sleeping there. <laughs> but aside from that, <laughs> I like it a lot. It's actually super spacious, really nice. The neighborhood's good. Everything's good about it. Oh, it's not there's homeless people screaming at you when you walk up no. to the house or anything? No, not at all. Does he Pretty miss safe. being in the city? He does, yeah. And, I mean, sometimes I think he misses it more than he likes his current place, but I think he likes his current place for the most part more than he misses the city. Mm-hmm. So, it's a trade-off. That's living in the Bay Area, you know? I'm tutoring a kid in Fullerton right now, and... While we're podcasting? Yeah, as we're Dick. podcasting. I know. I can't believe they're wasting their money on this. But um, whenever I go there, you know, now I've lived in L.A. for a year almost. And when I go to Fullerton and I drive the smooth streets like butter, <laughs> like no potholes. Yeah. It's just like a nice smooth ride. And then like it's- The birds qu- sing to you. Yeah, it's quiet. There's It's just silent. And there's a, a Target nearby with tons of parking. The parking is amazing. <sighs> um, the first time I went back to Phoenix, I remember I drove there and I remember pulling into a parking lot like a Target or something. And I was like, if I don't want to park here, there are 10 more spots. Like that's amazing. I know. Because you never, that's just something you never find, unlimited parking. People don't honk in Fullerton. Like in in LA, I think they just they're 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 more they're honking more than they're not honking. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what these people are honking about, but yeah, and I'm just like, oh, I can see why people just are like so in love with this place. Yeah, all right, I get it. Um, and do you have any more stories? Yes, Mike Lawson. Yes, I do. Um, so this is all. All these stories are months old. Maybe about six weeks ago, I was I came into the house, the, into the place, and I was just like, huh, it just, my house smelled, right? It smelled bad, like, but okay. like a, a mild smelling bad. And I was like- Like, take the trash out Yeah, bad? so I was like, oh, I better take all the trash and just do an extra clean of my, but maybe I left something in for too long, right? Yeah. So I did a thorough clean of my kitchen and, and did all that and did everything you need to do. And- I was like, okay, that should solve it. And then the next day, it still smelled horrible, right? And it kept getting worse. And then to the point where, like, a week or so into it, I go, oh, no, 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 no. There's something dead in the house. Oh, no, yeah. Right? Like a mouse under something. Yeah, and and there's a hallway between the bedroom and the living room, and the bathroom's connected off of it. And it was right in that hallway. And you could just, and then as the week progressed, it just got worse and worse. And I called people and they're like, okay, well, you could tell they didn't believe me. 
you know? Yeah. And I was like, and then it got really bad to now where like, I I live in one of those like, I guess kind of like, I could see your house being sort of like this at some point, but like, this was clearly a big house at one point and then they subdivided it into apartments. Yeah. We could easily get well two two apartments for sure, but you could even sub it up even more if you wanted to. Yeah, there are four in this one. And um, so when you walk in, you're walking into essentially like a foyer, you know? Yeah. So now at this point, it when you walk into the foyer, it just, it hits you. Like just death. It smells like death when you walk in the apartment. Uh, and clearly it smells like they're like, it's coming from my place, which it is. And so... <laughs> Everyone in the building as they pass me, you can tell like, oh, this fucking, either he killed somebody, and you know I look like a murderer, okay? He killed somebody, or he's some dirty pig who has some drama going on there, right? So they right. All, now it's gone to the point where they all call the apartment, because finally so, someone shows up. I show up one day. It, 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 like, literally, it's gotten, to, it's gotten to this point where I went and bought a bag of sand, Okay. And I filled all these flower pots with sand around my apartment and just had incense going nonstop. Oh, really? Yeah. It was okay. it was death. It was death. And, and now, of course, because I'm a suspicious person, I was convinced, I knew I didn't kill anybody. That your neighbor has a dead body in there. What, did I talk about this in the show when, I, you know, it might have been on the episode that didn't come out. When Remember when I was talking to you and, and I thought someone killed somebody? No, that wasn't on the show. That was before we recorded. You... <laughs> There was a week. This wasn't the last time we tried to record. This was before that. Well, this is how long ago it's been. Yeah, because around this time. You were texting me and you were like, I know we're supposed to start at three. I'm making the time up. I know we're supposed to start at three, but there might be a dead body going on. So <laughs> give me 10. <laughs> well, because- like, it was like you didn't even like acknowledge how ridiculous it was that you were talking about murder. You were like, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <laughs> Well, I was here in my bedroom, and all of a sudden, I just heard a guy say, I don't remember, it has been so long now, he said something awful, and I'm like, I'll kill you and I'll kill myself, and I was like, <gasps> so I was like, this is like an, an I Love Lucy episode. Maybe we did talk about it because I remember saying, I don't know if I we recorded it or not, but I do remember relating this to the episode where there were actors in the apartment below Lucy. Okay. She overhears them like practicing a play. This is around that time, right before the, the dead body smell. So I was convinced that somebody was dead upstairs. Well, anyway, the point is, finally, they, they, they send the, the handyman out, right? Yeah. And I didn't know him from just him being around fixing things in my place or whatever. And there's a basement in this house, which basements are unusual in Los Angeles, but there's a basement in this house. So he goes down so I go and he goes, uh, he goes, we gotta, he goes, can I come into your apartment? He goes, there's a report, there's like a dead body smell. I go, oh yeah, yeah, come in here, look, this is where it is. He goes, I don't smell anything. Ugh. And I go, well, here's the truth. This is, this is weird. I, I don't, and I still to this day can't explain this. The smell wasn't that bad during the day. It was really bad at night. Okay. I think for whatever, this will be solved eventually, but people were turning the heaters on at night. And I think that made it, so the smell went through the vents and everything. Oh, okay. Okay, so it was there and during the day, but not as strong as at night. And of course, he's coming to my apartment. It's full of incense and the windows are open. Yeah. You know, so he's like, I don't smell anything. He goes, well, let me go downstairs into the basement. He's all like, I don't see anything in the basement. And I go, but it's under my, where is the, where is the area under my, uh, the hallway? He goes, oh, but there's no way anything can get under there. 
So no, there's not. There's nothing there. I go. I, okay. So now I know what I know. Yeah, the neighbors come and they're like, "Oh, is he fine? Did he find?" He goes. He said he doesn't smell anything. Like, what are you talking about? You can smell it when you go to the foyer, Mike. It's like literally you're walking to a morgue. Okay. So finally, he goes. I got to call my boss. So he calls his boss. The boss comes in, and he goes. And then the assistant will say, "Goes. You smell anything?" He goes. Uh, you smell it from outside the house. He goes. I don't know what's wrong. I don't smell anything. Right. Some people have a. A weaker sense of smell, maybe. Uh, but death, I feel but like also, death that's like, permeates. That's like me. I'm a social media manager. I'm a, or a marketing manager. I'm like, and there's nothing to market. I don't see anything here to market. <laughs> well, especially when everybody else is smelling it, I would just not trust yeah. my sense. So, so finally, he goes. They they the guy comes and they smell the vents and he's like, yeah, there's something definitely under this floorboard. But I guess to get underneath it, they need to actually tear down a wall in the basement. He goes, oh, we need to get God. permission from we need to get permission from the landlords. So we'll come back tomorrow. So they come back the next day, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the assistant now, just alone. He goes, Yeah, we're gonna tear down the walls. So they tear down the walls, okay? They hear them like yeah. making all this noise. In fact, I think I think you and I were supposed to record that day. Sure. Yeah, I think Don't ask me to remember. I shit, think we Joe. did. I think that was gonna be one of my stories that day, but it, okay. But I was worried because they were making There's a so, box inside it with a heart beating. They were making so much noise. I was like, ah, this, this recording is not happening today. Which it didn't. So uh, they're making all this noise. And finally, the guy comes running up and says, I found it. I found it. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is it? He goes, um, I don't know. There's some sort of dead thing. It's so old. And it's it, all the it's just like gelatinous. And the fur is gone. I have to. I can't reach oh, it. And I go. Ugh. He goes. I'm going to go get a trash bag and a shovel. Ugh. So I'm like, okay. And now at this point, I get an important call. Okay, an important okay. call. And um, so now I'm on this important phone call. He comes in while my important phone call. He's like, I found it. Uh, yeah, <sighs> we got it. We know what it is. It was. Uh, it was a possum. Okay. Uh, it died under the house. And I go, okay, thanks, man. And he goes. And he's holding the trash because he's all like, oh, yeah, it's, it's gross. He's all like, in fact, I'm glad that we uh, found it in time. It was like bloated and yeah. like full of gas. I think it was going to explode. You know the way whales explode? That would have been really bad. Thank God we got it before it exploded. I'm like, okay, this is really gross. Thanks, man. And he goes, you want to see it? And I go, nope. And he goes, I have a picture on my phone. I go, that's okay. Don't want to see it. And then he left with it. But thank God, because you know everybody thought... There were, people were cheering, but you know they were all surprised it wasn't like a dead baby that I had under yep. the floorboards <laughs> of the house. They were cheering because they were wrong about their serial killer Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Neighbor. They, they totally <laughs> thought I'd killed... Like, there used to be this young blonde boy that used to come all the time, and we haven't <laughs> seen him in months. Well, they are still considering that you actually put the possum there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's Mexican. Well, they, the they're, they're Salvadorian. They live across the hall, so... Uh, anyway, what else is going on with you, Mike Lawson? That's pretty much it. But I did want to tell you, Joey, um, this story that I wanted to read and get your opinion about is written in the – it's just a weird perspective, but I'm going to do it anyway. So it's not my words, but here we go. I was recently sitting in a restaurant, Joey, in the Castro where bar seating is available for dinner, and I watched as a man walked in, ordered an entree, asked advice on wine, and whipped out his laptop to get down to work. It was about 8 p.m. on a Thursday, and the guy appeared fresh from the office, perhaps by way of the Muni, Tech Shuttle, or Caltrain, with no shame about doing his business while others were trying to join dinner in close proximity. 
This conduct, I fear, is a result of the fact that there has not been enough public shaming around this very important issue, which is basically, I'm not going to read the rest of the story, but the gist is this writer, this is a, a SFist article, but this writer feels that laptops belong, do not belong in the, in a restaurant. And I'm curious what you think. Like, first of all, do you ever eat alone in a restaurant? Like a, a restaurant restaurant with a waitress? Is that something that happens ever in your routine? In a rarely in yeah. a restaurant with a waitress, rarely. And that's for choice. Like you eat alone, right? I'm guessing because I most of I mean, my I most of the time I do. Alone. But you're you just don't choose establishments where it's like service kind but of. But I don't have a problem with it. I, I like I might there's like a pizza place that has service on the table, but like, and I'll go there. Um, I don't have a, a, an extreme problem. I've done it many times. I just don't do it often. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I actually enjoy it. There are times when like. I almost like not crave it, but like I really want to eat at a certain place and I know that it's just like that, but I'm alone. So I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But anyway, I, the reason I bring that up is because I feel like Steve has told me he's done it maybe once or twice in his entire life. No. So I've done it plenty. But anyway, what are your thoughts then on the computer hitting the table? Well, like, well once again, it's kind of like the situation. Like, I don't think I'd go to a fine dining establishment and eat alone because the way I do it is I tune out by just having a podcast. You know, yeah. so I'll listen to a podcast while eating. So, like, there's a barbecue restaurant, definitely table service there. I have no problem going and eating there alone. There are certain other places that are like, yeah, like more casual environments, and I don't mind eating alone there. And so, in that case, I wouldn't even mind at those places taking a laptop out there. But like. For instance, I'm going to a very nice restaurant tonight. I would never think of taking a laptop there, nor would I like it if someone else did. So I think it depends on the yeah. environment. But then what this article kind of points out, like there's the visual nuance, uh, nuisance of the screen glow and all of that. But also, like, why can't, like, why can't what you're doing wait? <laughs> like, if you're in such a hurry... Are you eating at places like this? Do you know what I mean? Like, why aren't you eating, drinking your Soylent and doing your work if you're really, like, jammed for time? Yeah. I don't know. She did make exceptions for, like, some, like, lunchtime places where business lunches are happening. Um, but she just thinks that doing them in Russia. I've seen it happening more and more. Uh, there's a rest or a cafe near my, my house, actually, called The Actual Cafe. And they don't allow laptops in it's a coffee shop and they don't allow laptops and they intentionally do not have wi-fi like there's a sign that says we don't have wi-fi come to the actual cafe to have actual conversations something like that. there are a couple of places like that here in la and they can't like roundly criticize which is so stupid well i think it was so what's funny is the only time i've ever been in there i stopped because i needed to do some work really quickly and when i walked in i even waited in line and when I got towards the front of the line, I spotted the Wi-Fi sign saying no Wi-Fi and then another sign that explained we are an actual cafe. So we encourage actual conversations between actual people. And so I jumped in my car and went to my uh, boss at the time lived down the street and I knew his Wi-Fi password. So I drove down the street and pulled into his driveway and just did the work in my car real quick. Like I needed 
20 minutes on Wi-Fi tops, and I would have bought a scone and a stupid overpriced cup of coffee to do it, but they lost that money. Yeah, the, um, I mean, I, yeah, I guess that they're comfortable losing that money. Um, you know, but here's my, I want to go back to the story a second. I, I don't know also how I feel about bars. The guy was in the bar. He wasn't actually in the restaurant proper. So I'm wondering yeah, if Do you the, think that's yeah. l- more forgiveness than you're saying? A little more forgiveness. I guess it depends still on the restaurant, but the bar, I feel, is a little more casual. I don't know. That's a tricky, that's a tricky, tricky one. And I think a lot of it depends on the environment. So we weren't there. So yeah, I don't know. I do think this is, it's a little weird. The, a commenter on here said that um, he would argue that these things sort of figure themselves out on their own. So if there's one guy doing it, who cares? If everybody's doing it, then the restaurant either stops, pe- tells people to stop or they become this place where people do this on a laptop, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, cool. Anything else going on with you? Any nope, other, that is news? it. Those are all my st- look, look, We've been We've done one show in two months, and those are all the stories that I have. <laughs> I do want to just drop this in here. I haven't listened yet, but there's this podcast called Missing Richard Simmons. Have you started listening to this yet, Joey? I never even heard of it. I mean, I know about the whole Richard Simmons missing thing, but... I think this would be up your alley. Basically, a former student and friend of Richard Simmons named Dan, uh, Dan Turbisky, who used to be a producer on The Daily Show, mm-hmm. is trying to find the fitness guru, and he hasn't, um, according to this, been seen in years. And Simmons stopped showing up to his classes. He stopped going out in public. He built a large wall around his home, and he displayed some bizarre behavior last year after some que- someone questioned if he was being held hostage by his longtime housekeeper. Um, and basically, it's just a podcast where this guy kind of tries to find Richard Simmons. And it's not the goal isn't to like drag him back or make him come to the public. It's just to find him and to acknowledge that he's alive and well. Uh, but I want I've heard good things about it and friend of the show Brian Gregory suggested it so I'm going to check it out. I am going to check it out as well. I'll let you know. Missing Richard Simmons. Missing cool. is it missing Richard Simmons or missing Colin Richard Simmons? No Colin, just missing Richard Simmons. Okay, I'm going to check it out and we'll report back. Cool. All right, Joey, nice catching up with you. All right, go to hell Mike Lawson. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, um, uh, um, uh, um, use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid. <laughs>